0: Welcome to Season 2 of the Avatar On Air Podcast. My name is Mark Springer. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Avatar Nutrition, and I'm your host. Today, we're going to be talking about something that often gets overlooked or even downplayed in the world of counting macros and flexible dieting, the flexibility. By the end of this episode, you'll have a much better idea of what the flexible dieting approach is supposed to look and feel like, and how to use that to your advantage to get and keep fantastic results thing that we're going to talk about today is what flexibility looks and feels like when you have it applied to your life and one of the first points i want to consider here is how when you really are embracing a flexible approach you're not going to be worrying about having to measure every single thing you eat that's right with flexible dieting and counting macros you don't have to lug around a food scale with you every single place you go this is one of the most common misconceptions that people have when they hear about counting macros they literally think that every single thing that they're going to put in their mouth for the rest of their life, they have to weigh on a scale, tear it out, zero out the grams, put it in there, log the gram weight, and just do that forever. And I understand how that could sound like an incredibly tedious thing because it sounds incredibly tedious. There's not many people that I could imagine that would be able to successfully maintain that level of tracking accuracy for more than a, a couple months, right? Even one month seems like a lot with that. And there are many reasons why you don't actually have to weigh out every single thing you eat forever. One of the first ones is that more often than not, if you're eating food that comes in a package, the servings in that package are already listed out. And a lot of times the entire serving might be the entire package. So for things like this, think a pack of zebra cakes or a bag of potato chips, things like that. Very simple things. A pack of beef jerky. You could go on forever listing examples of things that are single servings for the whole package. And when you're doing that, you don't have to weigh it because it's already weighed out and put in that package. Um, other things that you could do are use volumetric measurements. So let's say that uh, you're having yourself something like a, a glass of milk in the morning. Do You pour your milk into your cup with the cup sitting on the food scale and wait till the grams exactly hit uh, what's on the label. No, just measure out a cup. And what something that you'll find that you can do is take your – glass that you frequently drink out of, and if you pour a cup of milk into a measuring cup, you can then pour straight from that measuring cup into the glass, and you'll see exactly what a cup of milk looks like and about where, where it fills up to in that glass that you're using over and over again. And it's the same concept if you're going to measure out a, a, some oatmeal, right? Like a quarter cup or a half cup of dry oats. You measure it out with a scooper a few times, and you'll know what it looks like sitting in your bowl before you heat it up. And on that same token, you could even have something like a quarter cup or a half cup, whatever your measurement volume of choice is, put that in your bag of oatmeal itself and just use that to scoop it out with. So if you can count on your fingers, you can actually count volumetric measurements. So one scoop, two scoop, if it was a quarter cup, congratulations, you now have a half cup of dry oats in your bowl ready to get heated up. There's also things like foods that you measure out by uh, just the, the numeric number, right? So let's say that you're eating grapes, right? In general, one grape is going to be about one gram of carbs, but something else that you could do instead of weighing out your grapes, because most grapes are more or less the same size, is just count the number that you ate. Maybe you had 10, maybe you had 15, maybe you had 20. But if you plug that into the tracker, you could plug it in as 10, 15, or 20 grapes, and the math is already done for you. Or let's say that you're having things like Pringles, right? You can count those out. All those chips are the same size. So there's a ton of things out there where just the number of what you're eating is what really matters. And on top of that, you can even estimate a lot of things. Let's say that you're having like a banana, right? So there might be a little bit of variance in the size from one banana to another, one apple to another, one plum to another, like different types of fruit, there's going to be very minor differences. But if you're tracking it the same way every time, if it's something that you frequently eat, the frequency of tracking that item and how it impacts your results, which will be very minutely over time, will end up getting factored into the equation of how the avatar system picks up on your results, and that'll wash out over time any inherent inaccuracies that there might have been in the way that you were logging that particular item. Which brings me to the next point of what flexibility really looks and feels like. One of the things I want to talk about that's super important is confidence and really not having any hesitation in the world when estimating. We already kind of touched on this in the last point about not having to measure every single thing you eat. But what I really want to hammer home here is that you you can estimate. It's, it's perfectly okay to do that because the more that you start tracking over time, let's say uh, when you first start out the first couple weeks, even a month, You really are measuring most everything that you eat. You're going to have a very good idea of what the serving sizes are for the things that you're frequently eating. And on top of that, you'll also start to understand that, oh, uh, a bread product that's this general kind of bread will have these general kinds of macros. Or maybe this fatty beef, some sort of meat from a cow or meat from a pig, um, whatever the meat the animal is from, you'll start to have an idea of what the protein and fat composition is in it is in it for different types of serving sizes and you can just go on and on and on down the list of different things out there different types of cereals uh, different types of pastries and you'll start to understand that hey you know if i if i see um this this danish i can look at this danish and say oh it's probably like 65 carbs 17 fat and 8 protein or something like that and then you flip around the label and you'll see that you might be Freakishly close to what's really there And it can be fun just to practice looking at things and estimating to see what the macros are in them And then turn around the label and see how close your estimation is and that's a good way to gauge Hey, am I at a point with my flexible dieting where I can just eyeball things? Maybe you are maybe you're not But the only way that you're gonna get good enough to do that is if you do start out tracking and develop those skills however once you develop those skills you will be able to carry them with you and be very good at estimating things, which, again, adds another layer of flexibility. And so I kind of have this habit of going back and touching on uh, previous points where I sort of gave you a sneak preview of the next one. But the third point that I want to get across with what flexibility looks and feels like is not having to worry about perfectly hitting your targets all of the time. And the reason why it's not absolutely important is because when it comes to any kind of results with your fitness, your body composition, losing body fat, it's all about ranges and averages over time. So what happens on the day to day basis is not so important. What really matters is your weekly total intake. And why your weekly total intake is important is because that's when you're going to be getting in enough time to actually have significant changes. So let's say that you're a little bit over your targets or a little bit under your targets on any given day throughout the week. You can make up for that in all that time and get your total weekly intake back to where it needs to be. Because again, changes, meaningful changes in body composition and weight are not going to happen on a day-to-day basis. The little nuanced fluctuations that you see are nothing more than that. They're fluctuations on the scale and more likely than not are related to changes in water weight and things like sleep, stress, sodium intake. All those things can really make an impact on your body's fluid retention and thus make the scale fluctuate up and down fairly substantially from one day to another. But when it comes to actual changes in body fat, it's going to take a little bit longer to see meaningful results kick in. And beyond that, if you're tracking over time and you are estimating different meals, as long as you're consistent with the way that you're estimating, again, if there is any kind of error in that estimation, Over time, it's going to get washed out. Let's say that you're constantly underestimating the amount of food that you're eating uh, because you're, you're estimating your serving sizes of the food that you're eating habitually over and over again. So what's going to happen if you're checking in with a system like Avatar, it's going to measure your response to what you're tracking or what you're saying that you're tracking and adjust according to that. So even if you are reporting less than you're actually eating, as long as you're hitting the targets, everything's going to equate because it's just going to be almost like a a root of minus 300 calories of what needs to get added to what you're actually eating. And that'll, that'll put you on track to be losing weight at an appropriate rate. If weight loss is your goal again, some people are trying to build muscle. So not everybody has the same goal. Um, So the final point that I want to get to is that you're not going to have feelings of guilt when you're truly operating in a flexible diet manner. So if you do things that are a net positive more often than not, you're going to be making progress in a positive direction overall. So if you're tracking or you miss a day of tracking or you had a bad week or you, you uh, just totally overate, you got the munchies, who knows what happens. You just you, – you blew it one day. You blew it. But if that turned into it being a week where you're not making progress but 48 other weeks before that you were – you're going to have done amazing things for your life. (laughs) And it's so much progress. Like, let's just say that you're, you're budgeting your finances, right? You've done a great job putting into your savings. You've done investing. You're making all these good decisions. And then you go, like, buy an expensive pair of shoes or something like that. Well, it's not a big deal because most of the year you'd been doing the right thing. So from a financial standpoint, you're in a better place than you were and you're getting closer to your goals. It's the same thing with your body when it comes to working out, when it comes to food. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you missed, um, two of the workouts that you are supposed to do over the course of a month, well, you still got in a lot of other good ones. Same thing. Like you, uh, you, you were outside of your ranges for a week, not that big of a deal because there's 52 weeks in a year off the top of my head, you can, you can check me on that one. Um, but if like 48 of those weeks are good ones and four of them are not so good, you're still probably going to be doing really good overall. So just as long as you're continually doing things the right way and putting in consistent effort over time, my whole time, consistency and effort thing that I'm in love with, you're going to be getting results. And if those results are aligned with what you're trying to accomplish, you're, you're in a really good spot. Um, but again, if you're brand new to counting macros and flexible dieting, a point that I want to get across to you is that it is a really, really good idea to measure and weigh the things that you're commonly eating, so your, your frequent items, so that way you have a good idea of what a serving of them actually looks like. Um, so again, things like cereal, just measure it out, look how, see how it looks in the bowl, do that 15, 20 times, and you'll know what a, what a cup of cereal looks like for the rest of your life. Uh, Same thing for the milk, same thing for what uh, an actual tablespoon of peanut butter looks like, uh, or different types of meats, right? Meats can be a little bit tricky because we're not used to eyeballing things in ounces or grams, but again, if you do that 15, 20, 30 times, you're going to be really good at having an idea of, say, even if you're like out of, um, let's say you go to a food truck and you order a taco and you can see that like chicken was the base of it. you can, you can hold it. You can look at it. You can feel it and be like, Oh yeah, that's like three and a half ounces of chicken. And you'll be pretty close. You'll probably be within a, a couple tenths of an ounce of what it really is. And again, even if you're somebody who is a veteran macro tracker and a veteran flexible diet, you've been doing this forever. It can be a good idea to refresh your skills. Like, Hmm, maybe I should uh, weigh out this meat. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I should just log it exactly as it is in the package. So this is kind of like a, a funny little side note here. I make a lot of things in an instant pot. It's it's great for for people who aren't extremely talented chefs like yours truly. But when you're putting different meats in there or using like a stew function, what you can do is look at the label of the meat itself. Because if you're buying meat from a grocery store, they're always going to have the, the price per pound or price per ounce. And then they're going to weigh out that meat to calculate the price that you pay at the checkout line. So what you can do is just look at that label from the thing that you bought, and it'll tell you exactly what the weight of the meat is. And because I just put the whole package in the Instant Pot, that's what I put in for the amount of raw meat for whatever that recipe is. And I don't even have to weigh anything. But at the same time, I can look at it and be like, oh, that's what 1.4 pounds of raw chicken looks like. All right, yeah, good good, to, good reminder there. Good to look at that. Um, so again, flexibility works. It works really, really well. One of the most important reasons why is because when you have flexibility, it makes it so much easier to actually adhere to the plan. So when people ask, what is it that makes a diet successful? Um, it might, you know, obviously... If it's a weight loss diet, it's creating a calorie deficit. But from a practical standpoint, it's the ability to adhere to it. Adherence is king when it comes to creating results. So flexibility, if it gives you the ability to adhere to what you're doing, you're going to have really good progress. Um, And again, it's trends and averages over time. It's so hard to mess up as long as you're halfway putting – well, maybe a little bit more than halfway. But as long as you're consistently putting in a real effort – Over the long term, you're going to get really good results. So again, inaccuracy in estimation, even if you are estimating, it's not that big of a deal because if you're consistent with it, it's going to wash out. Progress over time is cumulative. So again, as long as the net of each day, each week, each month is an improvement, you're going to be making progress in the right direction. And if you find yourself falling off the wagon and you make a mistake, you had a bad day, don't catastrophize it. It's just a little hiccup. It's just a little speed bump. Because again, as long as you are going in the right direction on average, that's what matters. So it's, you can't, the only way that you could ever really mess up is if you give up. And if you give up, you're going to have those bad days and your, your average is going to be a whole bunch of bad days. And a whole bunch of bad days really puts you in a bad direction. It's going to slow down um, it's going to push back your, your goals that you ultimately want to get to for a long time. And there's a bunch of different ways that you could even help prevent having those bad days. You can use things like high and low days. So that way you're pre-planning days where you know, you want to eat more or days where you might be around things that could be a trigger for you and have a little bit more flexibility already built in if there's unplanned things that you want to use, you could use things like the moving targets function. So let's say that um, you had a day where you really went overboard, you didn't intend to, but hey, it happened. If you have a few more days left in your check-in, whatever you went over on your targets, you'll be able to pull that back um, on, those, on those subsequent days until you actually hit that check-in. Just again, to bring your trends and averages back to where you need them to be for progress. So if you're not using Avatar and you're hearing this podcast, um, something that you can do here is let's say that um like I, I blew over my uh carb target one day by hundred grams. There's five more days until I'm gonna like weigh myself to see if there's progress. So what I would do is reduce all those five days by 20 grams of whatever I'm trying to eat in terms of carbs and that'll bring my average back down as long as I perfectly hit each one of those days. But that's why it's, you know, shameless plug here. That's why Avatar is really good because it does all the thinking for you. You don't have to worry about doing that stuff yourself. Um, so again, there's there's a million things built into the system that help make the process truly flexible and easy to stick to. So just remember, like you're, you're trying to get within ranges. It doesn't have to be a perfect hitting of a target. Uh, you can be out of range. It's not even that bad because things are going to kick in to make little nudges to your targets each day to get you back on track and closer to hitting those averages. And you can even plan out times when you know that you're going to be needing more macros for one reason or another, but really just the, the big there's, there's so many big points here, but the biggest one obviously as it relates to this podcast episode is that flexibility is what gives you the ability to actually get results when you're so strict and just, beat yourself up with trying to be a perfectionist you might get good progress in the short term but you can't do that forever and for the few few people who do manage to do that forever uh quality of life is another thing to consider and if you're not able to spend time with friends and family and you feel guilty all the time and have to tell people no it's like oh I want to go to the movies well I know there's gonna be popcorn there and people are gonna want to share it with me I'm not gonna want to say yes to it you know there's just so many things like that I think there was um There was a football player named uh, Marinovich, I believe. But his dad just tried to breed him to be like the ultimate quarterback. And um, this poor kid just never really had a true childhood. All he did was work out and train for football. And sure enough, he was one of the the top quarterback prospects ever. Ended up going to USC. And for the first time in his life, away from that ultra-strict structure of his dad... He was he was he just went crazy. He was part He was playing games drunk, like doing every drug he could get his hands on, and ended up having a very brief career in the NFL with the Oakland Raiders. Um, but again, like most of the games that he played, like he was he was high on something, and it obviously showed in his performance, which is why he didn't have a long career. But that being said, somebody like Marinovich is kind of a good way of looking at the way that many people approach diets right they go on that marinovich plan where it's super strict they're trying to be perfect they're trying to do everything just right and then the minute that they get off that plan they just go crazy and then they end up falling off um now if you blow your diet you're not going to wind up going to jail um but you will probably wind up gaining back most of the weight that you worked so hard to lose so instead of doing it this like hyper strict way just find a way that's a lot more flexible And again, gives you the means of focusing on those trends and averages and just making sure that the the net result of one week or one month, it was a, it was a better month than the last one that put me closer to where I want to get than than I was. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, It's the first one back for 2020. So we're going to go like dust the rust off as we get back into it. But if you enjoyed it and think it's good. Make sure that you leave us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to this if they give you the ability to bestow stars on us. So I hope you guys have a great day or night or whenever you're listening to this, and we'll be talking soon. See you later.